coming up. They're going to devote a detective to this case for one entire year. That is going to be all she does. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. The I-70 killer was responsible for the murders of at least six people across three states in the spring of 1992. For years, all police had to go on was the eyewitness description of a man who came face-to-face with the killer in Wichita, Kansas. Six people murdered across three states in 1992. And now, decades later, investigators are focusing once again on any information that could lead to a suspect. I'm joined by crime reporter Christine Byers at 5 on your side, KSDK in St. Louis, Christine, this case spanned from Indiana into Kansas, a large section of the interstate running through those states. Exactly. So it spans about 1,200 miles of the interstate through from Indianapolis through Wichita, Kansas. And the, and the killings all happened um, in April and May of 1992. Okay, so a, a pretty concise period of time. And Six people, were they all unsolved? And what can you tell us about the victims and what we know about the uh, the killings at the time? Yes, they are all, they all remain unsolved. Five of the victims were women. One of the victims was a man. And police actually believe that the killer mistook the man for a woman because he had long shoulder length brown hair. And the other victims, the other five women, also had shoulder-length brown hair. The commonality in all of the scenes, you know, in addition to the commonality with the victims, was that they all took place at these sort of small retail stores that were just off the interstate. Um, Our local case here, which happened in St. Charles, Missouri, which is not too far from St. Louis, happened at a store called The Boot Village. Um, And so not a lot of cash on hand at all. In fact, police told me, he got away with about $100 at the most from any of these robberies. Um, and so they believe that homicide, just him being homicidal, was was the motive here, not robbery. To underscore the time involved here, I mean, they started April 8th of 1992, and the last one that we're aware of was on May 7th of 1992, literally just a, a month later uh, that this crime spree happened, this murder spree happened. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, some people have returned, referred to it as sort of, you know, six weeks of terror um, that happened at this point in our history here in the country. And there was some talk at one point that this killer may have expanded into Texas in 1992 and 1993. There were three more homicides involving women working at small retail stores off of an interstate there. Um, But there was a different gun used in those crimes. So police really weren't sure um, if they were connected. And the way they connected the six here in our area is through the murder weapon. Um, It's a pretty unique gun, I'm told, um, called an Irma Worka. And it's definitely, (laughs) to quote the detective, it's really not the murder weapon of choice that they typically see because it is so distinguishable. Um, It's got like a 12-inch long barrel, um, and so it's not very easily concealable. And um, there were only, in fact, 6,500 of them made in um, Germany and sent over to the United States. So... There's a pretty small group of weapons. It's just a very unusual weapon to see being used as a murder weapon. 
Um, so they're really focusing in on the gun. In fact, the police department in St. Charles purchased a replica of the gun um, online at an online auction uh, back in 2014 just so they can have it as evidence and be able to sort of showcase it um, for whenever they needed to, you know, I guess, use it for any calculations or anything of that kind. And it's so rare that they're actually going to test fire and compare the ballistics to the gun they bought online to make sure that that gun isn't the gun. So that's one piece of of new information that might lead to something. The other one has to do with actual description and that leading to a drawing of the suspect. Is that right? Exactly. So in one of the cases um, in which this killer uh, killed two women at the same store, there was, it was at a bridal shop. And apparently on the night that this occurred, the two women were staying late because they were waiting for a customer who had called ahead and needed a, needed to come pick up a cummerbund. And so while they were waiting for him, they encounter the killer and they are murdered. Well, the customer then arrives at the store unexpectedly and comes face to face with the killer. He then tries to order the man to the back of the store at and points the gun at him. The man instead turns around and runs out of the store. But um, he gave police a very good description and worked with a sketch artist on um, on a sketch at the time. And what has happened since then is basically um, the St. Charles Police Department's criminal analysis unit took that sketch and created an aged-enhanced uh, version of it. So they've released a new sketch in the hopes that they will potentially solve all of these cases. And describe to us that eyewitness sketch. How was this suspect described back then? So the suspect was described as a thin man with dull red hair or maybe strawberry blind, blonde sandy hair with a red tint, um, between five foot seven and five foot nine inches tall. And the age range is kind of wide between the ages of 52 and 70 years old with sort of lazy eyelids or lazy eyes. All right, Christine, well, it's been a few decades, but police are still obviously very focused on getting any information they can on this case and actually six cases involving six murder victims. Yes. And so basically the plan right now is police in St. Charles have decided that they're going to devote a detective to this case for one entire year. That is going to be all she does is look at this case, go through all of the file cabinets um, that they have of evidence. They have so many leads that came in. They basically ran down every license plate of that was of, of every car that was stopped along the interstate during the time frame of the murder that happened in St. Charles. And they have every one of those case files of those people. They they ran down at the name of every single person that was released from prisons around that time. They ran down um, to every hotel along the interstate. They got all the rosters of the guests. And so there are there's tons and tons of information in this evidence room that remains. And the detective told me, you know, she believes that his name is in one of those files. It's just a matter of identifying who he was. And so in addition to her being assigned to this case for one year solid, what her department has done is convened a meeting for early November in which all of the police departments that had a victim associated with this killer are going to come together for a two-day sort of summit to go through all the evidence that they have and figure out what evidence should be or could be retested 
with modern DNA techniques and other evidence, you know, forensic techniques as well. So this has never been done for this case before in terms of having all of the police departments under one roof. Um, they've invited all of the investigators that they possibly can that were that touched the case. I mean, some even are coming out of retirement to come for this meeting. So the hope is that over these two days, they can really all put their heads together and come up with some leads, some additional leads to run down. All right, Christine Byers. Well, we might hear something about this case. We'll, we'll stay in touch. Thanks once again, Christine Byers at 500 Side KSDK in St. Louis. Thanks, Will. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday with new episodes, Monday through Friday. We also have a weekly show covering cases around the country, True Crime Chronicles. Check it out today wherever you listen to podcasts. That's True Crime Chronicles. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.